Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Regatta Ireland's origins stem from a concession store in Shaw's in Wexford Town. Many years on and with the business going from strength to strength, their executive director, Brian Fox, joins us now to discuss the success story. Brian, to start the interview, I'd like to get an insight into your own background. Good morning, Carl. Thank you very much indeed for having me on. Much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have a Cork born and bred, been in business for... 22 years now with regatta, 10 years before that in the sports trade, and I've always been involved in sports, always been involved in the outdoor, and always had an interest in retail. And how did the opportunity arise for you to open a regatta store in Ireland? Ironically enough, it was a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Shaw, who is CEO of, uh, well, was CEO of, of, of Shaw's, he's now buying director in Shaw's, uh, the, the group, and he... And I had a meeting in, at a trade show in Manchester one day, and he was developing his... Uh, department store in Wexford, ironically enough, and he asked me would I be interested in taking a space as, on a concession basis, a, a business model based on uh, stock in his store, his space, my staff. I jumped at it because I know Wexford exceptionally well. I know it's a very strong trading town, and I know there's a lot of it's, it's, it's great shop local uh, concept goes on there. So I said, look, we'll have a go, put this, the concession in there, and it, it was a terrific success. So that's where it evolved, and from concession to a couple more with, with Shaw's, and then I started, I opened my own first standalone in uh, the Crescent and Limerick. And provide us with an insight into how a concession actually works. It, it, it's quite simple, really. It's, it's a kind of a pay-on-sale basis, whereas uh, we would get the space, we'll say a 1,000 square feet on the shop floor, uh, we, would, we would do the shop fit, uh, we would put in, it'd be my, our stock, my stock would go into the, into the business, it'd be my team's, uh, would be in the store, and then I would pay a percentage of turnover to the to the host in this instance shows. Now, of course, you have your own independent store on the main street in Wexford Town, but you also have the concession in Shaw's. Yeah. So provide us with an insight into the product range. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we started with the concession. It was very, very strong. And then because we were so happy with it, we said we'd go out. We had an opportunity to go out onto the high street with a standalone store. So what we did was we left Regatta, in the concession, we have two other brands called Dare to Be, which is a, a, a multi-sport brand, and we have Crack Hoppers, which is a travel and adventure brand. So if you take Regatta in the first instance, it's entry-level mass market family value. That's the one we're all familiar with. You know, you, you can kid out mum, dad, all the parents can be kitted out, the kids can be kitted out, even the, the, your pets, your dogs can be kitted out from, from the Regatta product range. Then you go into the Dare to Be active range, which is uh, in winter we concentrate on skiing, snow skiing and snowboarding. And then in the summer it's all about um, gym equipment and fitness clothing, leggings, vests, sports bras, you name it, all that kind of thing, at a, at a, at a slightly uh, uh, elevated price point from there to be, or excuse me, from Regatta. And then you go to another level, which is uh, Craghopper, and Craghopper would be our travel and adventure range, and that's, that's all about um, terrific product, but it's all about sustainability and recycling. Every single piece in our Craghopper range is, is recycled from plastic bottles for example in our in our in our catalog you we will we'll, we'll show you that each piece is made up of we'll say 79 bottles 150 bottles so we're recycling all of the all of the plastic all of the time in that range then we also would be would buy into um sustainability so from our factories to our um 
transport is all about uh, being energy efficient. We use green energy everywhere we can. And, and that's, that's the kind of the, the unique selling point from the crack upper range. I do understand from most retailers that they open up stores in each of the cities and then from there they look at provincial towns. So I know you took a slightly different approach in that you started it as a concession in Shaw's, you then went to the cities, and then did you go to the provincial towns from there? Yeah, well, you're, you're right. We started in Wexford, then we did a couple of city stores, but I, I have a still to this day have an exceptionally strong team in Wexford. And one of the key players in this regatta success story is a lady from Wexford by the name of Sarah Whelan. And Sarah started out with me as, started on the floor as a sales assistant and system manager, then a store manager, then being the powerful woman that she is, I gave her multiple branch uh, 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 management. And um, now she sits alongside me running the entire organization. So really what I did was, she convinced me as well. We spent some money in Wexford. Let's keep it Wexford-centric. We did that. We built up the two, the, the two branches. And then we kind of replicated. Because we built a good model, we replicated that exact same model. We went to Tralee. And we did the same thing down there. We put a, a concession and we had our own store. And um, it, kind of, it was born out from there, essentially, Carl. And how would you describe Wexford as a standalone store for Regatta? Oh, it's great. We're very pleased with it. Um, we're up on Selscar Street, and uh, we've got a car park behind us. Uh, we've got, uh, on the high street then, you've got a lot of people just walking past, which is great. And we have footfall counters, which determines the amount of people that come into our stores. We can measure our footfall, and our footfall in Wexford is terrifically high. But what we also can determine is the amount of repeat business that we get. So whilst we get a lot of great business in what I would call off-season, so which is the, the, it's, called, it's the domestic market. We get a terrific amount of uh, tourism, tourist business in the summer. So we've got, we've got, we've got the, we kind of can burn a candle at both ends. We're getting the best of both worlds, if that makes sense. And Brian, I do want to take you back to February 2018 and the famous beast from the east. At this particular time, you made a decision about Regatta Ireland, which would ultimately stand to you in good stead in the years that followed. It, it was it was a eureka moment. It was it was it was a pure accident, and it, I was. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I had people in my office here from the UK. Two lovely ladies were helping me with a project I was working on, and they were due to fly out the following morning. But overnight, we had the storm hit. Airports were shut down, roads were shut down, and the two ladies were in a hotel in Balancholic. So the following morning, I got up, myself, my wife, and we said, "Listen, I can't leave the guys. I better go up and see how they're doing. Are they okay? Are they safe?" Have they got some food? Knowing they couldn't get home for, you know, we didn't know would it be two days or three days or four days. So we put on our dare-to-be-ski gear. We walked up through the, the I still call Balancholic a village, even though it's a satellite town, but it's where I was born and bred. So we walked up through Balancholic, through the snow, not a car, nothing on the street, people out building snowmen on the, on the footpaths. It was, it was a surreal experience. But as we were walking up, it dawned on me that I was still paying all the costs associated with running a retail business rent, rates, service charges, uh, and wages. I thought, goodness me, I'm, I'm spending all this money and I have zero income. And then it dawned on me, I've got, I, I need to duplicate my time here. I don't have an online presence. If I had an online presence that morning, I, w- I could have relaxed a bit more knowing that I'm generating revenue somewhere. So from that moment, I said, right, that's it. I'm going to get as much money as I can together because it's, it's quite expensive setting up a proper e-com site. But we did straight away, the following, it was the Friday of the same week, I started a process. I, had, I built regatta.ie in first 
and it was terrifically uh, beneficial and successful. Went on then to develop uh, individual URLs for daretobe.ie and craghoppers.ie, which meant that when our stores close at 6 o'clock or 9 o'clock, depending on the day of the week, people still go online, and I'm getting that extra little bit of turnover, which benefited any kind of problematic times and, 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 and situation I had with bricks and mortar. And Brian, I often think that one thing that holds retailers back from setting up that online store is often the logistical element of it and the distribution. How did you find that? That, that, was, that was tough. That was tough, to be fair. We were, we were any time one of our stores were, were shut or quiet, we would... Um, send all the online orders to the stores so the stores would fulfill the orders for us but it was not the most efficient certainly wasn't time effective and it wasn't cost efficient but i had to start somewhere i had you know you've, you've got to experiment with some of these things you, you have all the theory but until you actually put into practice you realize where you where the, where the pitfalls are so it was difficult but we managed Let's fast forward next to March 2020 and, of course, the world of retail was plunged into the unknown world of lockdown. What happened in Regatta, Ireland, in the months that followed? Well, ironically enough, it meant that when that happened, whilst it was a horrible experience for all of us as a nation, it was, as, a, as a global uh, pandemic, it was horrible for everybody, it meant that, thankfully, unfortunately, we had to close all our stores because, uh, as a result of government guidelines, which is the right thing to do because we've got a lot of people working in the stores and we wanted to keep them, you know, safe. Um, but overnight, all of my consumers, everybody that was buying regatta in bricks and mortar on the Sunday, went online on the Tuesday. And it just meant that, really, the turnover just switched from one to the other. It didn't gradually grow. It just switched from one to the other, which meant that I was able to replicate my uh, bricks and mortar turnover online for the periods we were closed. Do you attribute this growth in online sales to the unprecedented popularity in outdoor activities during the lockdown? And if so, did you notice this tapering off once restrictions had been eased? Carl, that's very clever. Actually, you're spot on. Ironically enough, we were in the right space. It meant that people were working from home who continued to work. It meant that you couldn't go to the gym, so you didn't have any ability to exercise. What did you do? You went for a walk. You put on your trainers, you put on your fleece or whatever you had hanging over at the back of the door in the kitchen, and you struck off for a walk just to get some fresh air. And then, if you notice, you probably did it yourself. You're out walking, you're meeting all your neighbours, you're meeting all your friends. Then it became a kind of a social thing. Then it became habitual. So you're going out at 8 in the morning before you hit your desk at 9. You're going out at quarter past 1 before you came back at 2 o'clock after your lunch. So everybody was, people were building in walking and fresh air into their day within their... Remember that you had the five-kilometre uh, uh, restriction, but you were able to still walk for an hour in that time. So it meant that um, you then went on. Like, listen, I need proper boots. It was raining today. I was wearing runners or trainers. I got wet, so I'd buy proper footwear. Then you were buying waterproof trousers. Then you were buying a waterproof jacket. It got cold uh, early doors, so you were wearing a fleece underneath your jacket, so you layered up. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was a perfect storm, effectively, for us. Of course, with that growth comes its own growth pains, and I'm sure you then had to look at centralised distribution as a result of that growth. You, you are right, yeah. So what we kind of developed our own set of problems uh, in a good sense in that the turnover was, the combined turnover with the stores now open, turnover took off on, on, on bricks and mortar because we had that, you know, um, panic, not panic buy, but this pent up frustration, people want to get back shopping, and Combine that then with the turnover we had or the demand we had online, which reduced slightly, 
obviously because people had this access to the shops again. But it, now it means that we have a plan. We've had to, and we've we've put a plan in place to put together and and evolve an Irish-based distribution centre for the business. And it, it, it's a terrific endorsement, I suppose, of of consumers' perception of our brands, which is wonderful. Uh, their desire to continue to come back to us, which is humbling, and, I, and I'm very appreciative of it. And um, the, the, by, by virtue of having this DC based in Ireland means that we will be able to now have faster turn, next day delivery for online, all going well, maybe same day delivery for local areas before midday, that type of thing we can work on. But it also means we can replenish the stock for our stores within 24 hours. So that'll put the right stock at the right time in the stores, which currently I'm struggling with lead times because uh, that's a whole supply chain issue, which we could, which is a different conversation. And of course, that's where I want to go next in terms of supply chain. We've all heard about the problems with supply chain as a result of COVID. How much of a limiting factor has that been for you? It's, it's been it's been very damaging. It's been very tough. I'll be honest with you. It's it's you know my 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 lead times went from um, a couple of days, maybe say like five to seven days to three to four weeks, and. Uh, which was which is impossible to run a business like ours. But if I was selling a car, it might take me a day to sell it, and it might take a week for the guy to go, or the person to go back to make the decision. But people come into our stores; they want it there and then. If they, if they turn out without it, they're not coming back. I've lost the sale, so I was losing. I so I, I I could quantify what I've lost in terms of delays for um, as a result of of, uh, of of supply chain issues. But um, I need to take control of that. I need now to get stuff shipped directly here. I need to know daily what's in the warehouse. I need to know what I can send where by the hour. And I'm going to have that control over the next 12 months. And of course, the Managing Director of Enterprise Ireland came out last week and said that he expects the supply chain interruptions to remain in place for at least the next 12 months. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I did hear that. I, I think... I think... I think that's very optimistic. I would love if it was 12 months, but I think it's optimistic. I think there's a lot more uh, coming down the track. You know, you've got, you've got, you, 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 you've got a lot more influence, influential factors out there, like um, the, 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 not so much the cost of living, but the cost of transport, the cost of fuel, the cost of deliveries. It's, it's incredibly expensive. So I think, um, I think it's going to be an awful lot longer. I really do. I think you're, there's another 24 months in this before it settles down. And Brian, what are your growth plans then for Regatta Ireland over the coming years? My short-term goal this year is to get the DC up and running, add um, four more stores to the estate, and then for the, for the next couple of years after that, I'd like to add, th- on average, three sites per year. Obviously, if I find the right location at the right price, and it's worth doing it, but at the same time, building the... Consumer conf- our consumer confidence in our brand because, you know, my perception, well, the perception I would like to have of our business is that, you know, that people see us as family value, we're family-centric, uh, we're, Irish, we're an Irish business where we've got, I don't know, I think for something like 200 uh, team members currently. Um, in the next probably four weeks, I'm going to have 60 more vacancies. I'm not saying I'll have 150 in 10 years. This is here and now. So the, the, the workforce is going to increase. Uh, customer service levels will increase. The footplate for the uh, number of stores will increase. So it's all on the up and up.
all of those office workers that were previously working in towns and villages and cities across the country, looks like they're going to be working at home probably on a more permanent basis. But you seem, even on the back of that, to be very bullish about bricks and mortar going forward. Because for me, remember, if I were a coffee shop based next to a Google's headquarters, and there's no one in Google, I'm not going to sell coffee to anybody, I'm in towns where people are still coming to town to shop, even though they're working at home, they're still exercising, they're still going for a walk, they still need a product. So I'm not dependent on the guys, on, on people passing the front door in, 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 in Wexford. It happens because you're, you're, you have people coming in, we're a destination as well, they come in to buy some product because it's a requirement, it's a need. Whereas if, I was, if it was an impulse buy, I may struggle. But we're, we're destination in most instances. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Brian Fox, and I'd like to wish Brian continued success with the Regatta Ireland brand. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.